0: another great song from uh, my buddy hobo Kane, aka javier mendoza you know check out his work go to HoboKane.com, go uh check him out on spotify check him out on you know just wherever you get music um, give him comments you know comments in the social media world really help those algorithms so more people can hear his music but more so go see him live i mean this the energy of his show is amazing such is the energy of my guest today, Matt Hodell. Matt Hodell is a tattoo artist in St. Louis. Has a shop called Ragtime Tattoo. and uh, It's funny, in this conversation we, uh, we get philosophical right away and uh, talk a little bit about art. But uh, his energy and just, just his uh, view on life is amazing. And so uh, I just really enjoyed uh, talking to him about that. And I knew right away that we should record a podcast when I met him. And I met Matt through uh, a commercial campaign that I recently directed. That'll be out really soon, and uh, that's for the St. Louis Public Library and St. Louis County Library. Matt was one of the subjects that they found. Uh, they liked the idea of having a tattoo artist, which I'm so glad that they did. And he um, was just a you know, great story. He's a guy that utilized the library to uh, learn the entrepreneurial side of his, uh, his business and his craft. So, uh, you know, I think we, we touch upon that briefly in this conversation, but you can learn more about that through his commercial. So once that comes out, I will put the, uh, put the link to the YouTube. Once that comes out, I'll put the YouTube link and you can check that out and just, uh, yeah, it's a fun story. I'm so honored to uh, have told his story in a, in a commercial format. So it's just a lot of fun and can't thank my, uh, crew enough for, for all their work and great people some of who you've heard on this podcast that's Tyson Schaffner check out his episode but uh, yeah it was just a really cool project but um, you know this is just really good it's just a connecting these people and having these what I consider just wonderful conversations you know I want to thank as always Dr. Mark Holland Dr. Holland you can find him on the links first capital chiropractic in St. Charles um, he's at my St. Louis chiropractor in North St. Louis County and just, you know, super positive dude. And, uh, you know, he's he's into these philosophical conversations as well. And, uh, you know, if you're having any back pain, you get into a car accident, uh, you want to consult with someone and find out what's going on, uh, I recommend checking out Dr. Mark Holland and uh, his colleagues. Uh, you know, they want to help you, and they're really passionate about doing so. So find all the pertinent information on his website. Uh, on his business through, uh, through the show links. It's probably the easiest, especially if you're listening to this in a car, we don't want you to get into a car wreck, listening to the podcast and trying to write down that information and then making things worse. So uh, I know you won't do that. My listeners are, are, are above doing that. So we just put the links in the show page. So yeah, you know, Javier Mendoza, we have, um, Dr. Mark Holland. We also have John Webster. So thanks to John Webster and, great artist in his own right uh didn't get a chance to share any of john's artwork with matt and uh i'll have to do that another time and send him some links to john's web page john so matt can check out some of his work and just uh i'm just always amazed by what john creates so you know happy to have him aboard as part of the show and uh matt hodell is just uh just a just an awesome dude and uh really like a worldly guy just you know just he's just connected to just the energy the flow of energy in life so we talk about that and uh really just really jazz my energy just after talking to him is just so much higher um so after after doing the show i record these you know usually after after i record the main part of the podcast it's one of my guess, tricks of the trade or that's just how I go about doing that. But, you know, please check out our other episodes, including the Songbird Cafe episode with Steve St. Cyr. Steve, um, he'll be a sponsor here for uh, for a handful of shows and uh, go check out his show. Go to his website. Once again, link on the page. Check it out. Um, Listen to some of the great artists that he has had over the years through his Songbird Cafe show. He's, uh, he was a big fan of Bluebird Cafe in Nashville and has brought something to St. Louis to uh, to emulate that and is super passionate about it. And the artists are always jazzed about um, playing music in the round here in St. Louis. And uh, a lot of people from Nashville. Um, uh, he's had artists from California, so check him out. You can find Matt Hodell at matthodeltattoo.com. You can find me at kencalcaterra.com. Uh, through that, you can link to social media. I, I ask you, if you would, please go to iTunes, leave a comment about the show, uh, give it a rating. You can find it on Google Play, um, just whatever you can do. If you enjoy the show, I would love um, just to give me some feedback and uh, and to help, you know, get it out there to other people. You know, one of the main reasons for, for doing this show is just to capture some energy uh, of someone I've had a connection with, uh, capture this conversation and uh, record that. Um, But I I would like others to hear it so you can help me by just like sharing the links, uh, going to those social media or going to the show pages, iTunes, you know, leaving a comment, um, SoundCloud, things of that nature. You know, everything is algorithm based and uh, that helps get the show out to others. And, uh, you know, just I would love to you know, share these great conversations and great stories with these people who I admire with, uh, with everyone. So, you know, help promote what they're doing. It's always nice to share other people's art and uh, the cool things that they're doing. You know, I want to give a shout out to my good buddy, uh, Jeffrey Wilson. He, uh, he has a podcast called It's Me Speaking to You. And he's had some great guests. So, you know, just give him a little love, a little help, check him out. And without further ado, uh, I guess we'll just get to Matt's conversation, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. At one point, uh, you know, Matt had, uh, you know, it's cold season right now, and uh, his voice was a little strained, so we uh, we had to cut. So, um, you know, i put a little transition in there, and uh, that's why that happened. And we talked about, you know, making things perfect and, you know, or just talking about perfectionism and... I've been there and don't want to be, so therefore, you know what? I'm not going to do anything fancy. Let's put a little transition, find the point that makes sense, and uh, cut there. So yeah, that's that's why that's there, and uh, no apologies. I think you're going to enjoy the conversation regardless. Once again, I am Ken Calcaterra, kencalcaterra.com, and this is Conversations with Calcaterra. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Oh, hello. Hey. So, yeah, man, uh, I'm not like a big tattoo aficionado. But one thing, I mean, I appreciate the artwork, and I I watched that show Ink Masters a few times. I enjoyed that. But one thing that I really liked when we hit it off um, working on the My Card, My Way commercial was just you were just so philosophical about life.
1: Yeah, I, I, I sometimes think that I overthink everything and I wonder how much it gets on people's nerves so I spend half my time being super quiet and the other half of my time just filling the the room with my thoughts and ideas and I I sometimes wonder if I suffocate people (laughs) with too much too much noise on my end
0: I, I probably do the same thing and I'm like that with my nephew trying to give him all this knowledge I yeah. think at times it's like you have to settle and sit back and listen to what he has to say.
1: Yeah, there's this thing about, you know, trading information where obviously it took you years to to come to where you are and get the perspective that you have. There's a saying that like, you know, how long does it take to get 10 years of experience? 10 years, you know, you can't rush that. So when you're working with other people or talking with other people, whether it's introducing new ideas or just coming together, I think a lot of times it's just planting seeds and the weird thing is, is that just because you have a vision and you see things your way, it doesn't mean that when you plant the seed in someone else, they're going to grow the same tree or flower or whatever, you know, you, you throw it out there and then it's amazing what other people, uh, under different circumstances, but the same idea or same intent come up with. And that's, I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing about like when people talk about ambition breeds ambition, it's not a matter of like cloning people to go like, here's the way it should be done. It's more like this energy that, you know, I think that word keeps coming up more and more in my life of, of just energy and yeah. respecting it and going with it and rolling with it and not being so, no, stop. Yeah. the the This is only three inches tall. It was supposed to be four inches tall yeah. and like restraints, you know.
0: Well, so it's funny. You mentioned planting the seed. So I have to, after this, I have to record an intro for another episode of the podcast. And it's with this guy, Bernie Siegel. And I recorded him. It's a a video interview that I'm putting in a podcast for him because he's just amazing. Yeah, And he has this book that's, uh, it's like 365 prescriptions and it's just life, you know, just cool quotes about life and things like that. And I read the one that's from today and it's about giving yourself time to, to grow and like planting those seeds and how we're, we're like plants and you need that time to grow and reflect and not always, you know, be moving, moving, moving. It's just sometimes you have to just kind of turn things off for that growth. So it's amazing that when you're talking, you threw that out there that I just read that about an hour ago. Yeah,
1: tune into tune into things like that and they pop up everywhere. It's like the Bader-Meinhof syndrome. Once you start to tune in, then you see it everywhere. Um, yeah, that's...
0: Yeah. And, and this is funny because I was thinking about, you know, one of, one of the things that shows people that are passionate about what they do, but I think a lot of times it's more like the philosophical nature and it gets on that like kind of spiritual realm or that energy. So, I mean, it's just like i start off, I throw one thing about tattoos and now we're already off to <laughs> the philosophical Yeah, because aspect. tattooing isn't an in-game
1: thing. It's just one form of energy. It's just one yeah. form of doing something. And, and, you know, I think when we talked about throwing a seed out there, just to keep on that line of thought for a second, there's a gestation period that happens anytime you get a new idea, and I know for myself. It's so funny. It's like I want people to understand what I'm saying quickly, right? But if someone throws a new idea at me, my I've got a my my, my I, I'm in my own way, and I, I I I sometimes like hurry up and go. No, no, no. That's not how we should do it. Like, cause I already have a vision, and and so I'm a victim of my own what I don't like about other people when I throw a new idea out there, I'm first to be like, no, let's that doesn't sound right. I, so in my personal world, I, I just need to be more receptive. I, that's a, yeah. I think that's my difficult thing
0: right there. And you know, I think I've been there too. And now what I'm trying to do is, is get those ideas in the early gestation point for a project. Like with the whole My Card, My Way campaign, it was, I had my guys, you know, you know a great team. And it was like, all right, throw some things out now. Because sometimes if I think about something so long, then it, it really shapes in there and then that's kind of the way so now i'm looking with collaborations like let's start early with this before i really get i guess married or fall in love with an idea which you know Can be good or bad, but when you get that vision in your head and you've had it there so long, it's kind of hard to make those adjustments.
1: I think getting married to an idea is like trying to capture unicorns. You know, (laughs) you you have an idea and you have a vision and you chase it. And you, I I think the the better idea is to plant like twenty things, Mm -hmm. plant five things. Twenty might be too many. But I always have five or six projects going on at once. And to tell you the truth, most of them don't have any – they never get to a point of fruition. But it doesn't mean I don't learn something Mm -hmm. from planting all those projects. And, you know, the whole point of us sitting down together is that we both recognize the importance of popping our own bubbles and hearing someone else's voice instead of our own.
0: Totally. You know? And it's cool. And looking at that and just like last night I was hanging out with my nephew and one of his projects for scouts, he has to watch a movie for the citizenship and the community badge. And one of the movies was Forrest Gump,
1: mm-hmm. so
0: I watched that with him, and it was interesting. Some of the questions that he had. Can I just say, I quote that movie daily, and it's been
1: out for like twenty years. <laughs> what's your What's your yeah. favorite quote? <laughs> she got the cancer and died on a Tuesday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, this is so brilliant, and it was amazing. The questions he had, and some of the just just the thoughts that that spurred. And so I, I was teaching him about just like like philosophy and things of that nature and how I'm looking at that movie in a whole different way because of a question he had asked. And what was so cool about it was he had asked something like at one point, um, the the cab driver asked Jenny, like, well, where are you running to? Why she, I'm not running. And then I thought he asked, well, why did she say that? And I'm thinking like the whole, you, you look at where Forrest is basically in the present, so his running is something that's really positive. It's in the moment and that's just his life where Jenny is running away from the past and then essentially Lieutenant Dan, his fear is the future because he was supposed to die in the battlefield. That was his destiny. He's, He's living unwritten. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that's, and that's
1: super fearful. Oh, yeah, you know, so that is, no doubt. It's funny, I, I just thought about this. I don't know why I haven't thought about this before, but I think there's something to be said about like uh, Voltaire in the book Voltaire where there's the same idea the guy keeps just stumbling through life and coming up with life stories. And Forrest Gump was like totally the spoon fed version for people who don't actually want to read, you know, but it's still, it still has something. Like, and I wonder if like, does it make it any less relevant because it's such, such a campy kind of movie, but you're right. You can keep yeah. watching it and pulling things. Yeah, I think that's, what's cool about life. I think life is just a series of moments and transitions that uh, gain perspective. And, and being able to reread a book, being able to rewatch a movie, and as you get to new points in your life and you start to understand what appreciation and acceptance mm-hmm. is in your life, then you can go back and revisit and, and pull out of that. I mean, I definitely don't, I, I didn't pull any of that deeper side of Forrest Gump out when I watched it. What, that movie came out in like 93
0: or 94? Yeah, Best yeah. Picture that year. Yeah, it was
1: awesome. And it was, but yeah, I mean, total. And I, w- and here's the thing about relevance: is like, so when you do work, when you produce, and that's, you have this energy and we put it out there, like, what are you doing stuff that's relevant or you, that has retention, or are you doing stuff that's poppy and bubblegummy and only mm-hmm. for today? I mean, I I always kind of like as I blog and as I do podcasts, I try to come up with topics that are archival quality yeah. that you can listen to at any point in time. And they're and the, the, the genius part of it is they're not my ideas. You know, I'm just I'm just restating what. I've read in a language that I understand, and I hope that the other common people can understand the message too. Because I don't know, you, 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 I got intimidated with the college atmosphere. I got intimidated by big, big, big people. You mm-hmm. know, people that just had a, had an air about them, and I, I was I didn't have a self esteem to stand next to them or hold a conversation mm-hmm. with them. It felt like, for lack of better words, it always felt like a pissing contest when you're when you're around people who are so like. Elitist, almost. It mm. felt elitist. It might not have even been real. It might have been my own, like yeah, self-esteem perception or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I always think that there's so many good people out there that have 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 blocked themselves from being the person they were meant to be because they shut it down before before they have a chance to, to finish anything or or they even start. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. think, like, yeah. like, how many people do you have? A, what is your life? Your life is you waking up in the morning and figuring out how to make a project worked right.
0: You, yeah essentially yeah, in life yeah or the day how to make that day work do you know how many people cannot do that you know I've had problems at times some days I wake up and'm like what the hell and I just can't focus sure but
1: <laughs> but you do it and you do it again and yeah. you and you slowly learn and you navigate a world that is pretty much like there's no script for it mm-hmm. you know and um well, i yeah, I think more people yeah. can do that they just get scared
0: oh totally I mean fear is so prevalent in our society I mean that's how we're I mean, the government, you know, fear. So you go, go do what we want. The church, your family, you hear somebody tell their kids like, hey, don't do that. You're going to fall. So, so then they're not doing it instead of saying, well, if you do that, here's the, here's you, there's a chance you may fall. And here's the consequences. If you're on a skyscraper, yeah, you don't want to fall off a skyscraper. But if you're on a little, you know, like a the curb, I mean, who cares if the kid, trips and falls and skins their knee that's part of the learning process of life completely a part of it
1: I, 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 it's funny it's like
0: we we're, we're
1: talking about these things that are very philosophical right now like we're not talking about anything tangible like we're not talking about a project in particular all this all this applies to everything mm-hmm. anything you want to do from weight loss to uh running your own business to you know just getting a divorce <laughs> you know like the idea that everyone you have this little box and then you're supposed to be happy because it could be worse You know, like that's that's your barometer is that you let you let great you let good stand in the way of great, you know, because like, oh, this is good enough, you know, but it's like I guess what if there was an underlying word for or or idea for this conversation we're having, it's living up to your potential and unlocking all that and every last bit of it. Mm -hmm. There was a many, many, many years ago I was in like eighth grade and I, I participated in some special creative camp. Um, I don't, I don't really remember a lot about that camp, but what I do remember was there was a gentleman who was conducting a, a like a seminar thing and he made everybody, everybody had to sit up, right? So sit up, put your shoulders <laughs> back. And he said, okay, blow all the air out of your lungs. All of it. Every last wind, get out of your lungs. Every last breath, get out of your lungs. And everyone did that. And, go, and then you hold your breath. And he says, hold it, hold it. And he goes, now blow a straw. And everybody was able to blow one last little bit of a straw of breath out, even though they had thought they were done, Mm -hmm. you know? And that right there, the people who recognize that that's possible, they're the ones that that succeed – um, and maybe not by definition of succeed, like they're the ones with mansions, but they're the ones that live up to, closer to their yeah. potential than the people that just, they
0: give up. They, they live just, a fulfilling life, you know, yeah. and that can be different, you know, there's different definitions of that for everyone. Sure. And that's why I, I struggle at times where I'm comparing myself to others. And when I do that, it's just, I'm a wreck. So it's just like, no, I have to live my path and just be, you know, be happy and where I'm at. and make adjustments, of course, but... Um, And and I think one thing you said before we started rolling, uh, you know, and I agree, yeah, you have to live up to those, you know, your greatest expectations to, um, you know, have a high level of excellence and and not perfect things where – you know, I find when we try to perfect things, that those are the times when I don't even get started because it's like, oh, this is not a perfect situation, and that's just messed up. So it's just like, I don't even look at that. With this podcast, all right, maybe a little off, but it's something real. It's this moment that we're capturing. So and that, to me, I want it to sound good. I have some nice mics. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not worried about it being necessarily perfect. Yeah, yeah. It,
1: what is perfect? I mean, if you go into, like, the old... uh uh, like the Muslim world says that only Allah can be perfect, so you shouldn't be absolutely perfect. And if you're, you know, the, I think it would, uh, I'm going to screw this up. I think it was the Hopi Indians or one of the, one of, uh, screw it, screwed it up. Um, anyway, they would they would always leave a string open on their blanket because nothing's allowed to be perfect. Uh-huh. And so it's some there's something beautiful about that imperfection. Like even like when you walk up and you see vinyl lettering, that's like, this is 100% die cut from this printer. And it's absolutely perfect for your window it has no personality anymore. Yeah. You know, where if, if you see someone who hand paints it and one letter is a little bit smaller than the other letter, it shows personality. It sh- it's, it's inviting that way, you know, and perfection's like a, it's a, it's a, almost a demon at a certain point, you know, yeah. it's like the best work of your life will not be recognized as the best work of your life until l- later, until you have the perspective to even appreciate what you did. So, so trying to con- 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 concoct the perfect, mm-hmm. You know that, that the the T V shows or um, you know how on T V kinda they portray they like artists are whimsical and mm-hmm. they wear berets and they think too much, <laughs> you know? But like oh, this is gonna be my masterpiece. That's not nobody says this is going to be my masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Everyone looks back and it's like, you know what, it was that moment that I realized You know, whatever. So
0: take the pressure off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's that's crazy. You know, having that pressure is crazy. There's this quote I heard. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even remember where it came from, but it was somebody asked somebody, like, hey, what's your greatest work? And then the reply was the next one.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. Right? So it's cool. It's a culmination of that experience. And then that's going into that next piece. And then that next piece. And then that next piece.
1: Yeah. the, The, you know, you're talking about comparing yourself. And uh, I was thinking about, uh, you know, the fact that what is a barometer? What are you supposed to compare yourself to? You know, I mean, in this day and age, it gets a little, it gets a little hokey and a little fishy because we've got internet, and I, I don't want to go on a rant on on Facebook and, and, and Instagram and understanding what they're there for and what they're not there for. But definitely, what they're not there for is your barometer of what's good, because you're only capturing a small glimpse on a small on a small screen of what they decided to filter for you. You know. I've I've kind of thought that if you can find other like minded people like yourself um, that that are in your graduating class or like okay we both graduated from college at the same time we both got into this industry at the same time for me it's tattooing. Mm-hmm find that group of people and build a correspondence with them and that's your barometer right there cuz you guys kind of have the same flat line like comparing yourself to a guy that's been doing it for 40 years i mean come on man you're just setting yourself up to, to be bummed out every day and, and be upset you know that guy wasn't like that forever or girl whatever. but I,
0: I but i think in our, our society it's something i never learned i thought coming out of the gate and coming out of college that okay my work has to be this mm-hmm. and you know to get there at the time the technology wasn't as accessible as it is today and that I wasn't hitting that mark, but I kept striving for it, striving for it so I'd get better and better. But uh that was just one of those things that uh like talking about apprenticing. I wish somebody would have said, you know what, find somewhere to to apprentice, find some director you like and see if there's the opportunity to work under them for a couple of years. Yeah. And, and, you did know, you did you have that? I did not. Okay. I didn't I really didn't have have many mentors, so I just always figured uh, it out yeah. on my own, which, you know, I mean, there's something to be said about that. But then looking back, it's like, wow, I could have learn so much more or learn from from their knowledge and granted you know i might not have made any money or anything but it would have been nice to know like hey that's all right that here's where you start making your money do this don't worry about whatever the college debt the credit cards just get the knowledge and here's the path um so so as far as a career path but granted if i didn't go through what i did i wouldn't be who i am so i have to embrace that as well so it's like there's so many different ways to do it um, and I just gotta get, get over looking at the past and, and realize the present. It's like this moment right here with you and I yeah, is, yeah. is amazing.
1: Yeah, you you can only capture this once. Yeah. This can't can't be redone. The question is, if you could have gone back in time and had a mentor, would you have listened?
0: And and that is a good question. I I don't know because I I had done so many things on my own that maybe not. But if somebody that I whose work I really respected, I I think so.
1: And um, and here's the other weird thing about coming out of college or coming out of any. You know, I mean, I, I can use college because that's the only thing I have to, to reference. But you're learning about masters. You're learning about greats. When you have, you know, our, our college, we had a, a, a multipurpose room and we'd bring in artists that had had gained success to do lectures. So we were only talking to people that were already successful. So then you're comparing yourself to them. We mm. never had art. We, you don't talk to the guy that's struggling. You don't talk to the... You know, the guy that's, that, this, there's a disconnect. And so why yeah. wouldn't you come out of the gate being like, I've got to be this?
0: Totally. You know, I never here thought we of are. that.
1: Okay, th- this semester we're going to learn about Renaissance painting and what we discovered about lighting and chiaroscuro and, and composition. And then we're going to talk about impressionistic, where we totally throw all that out the window and we just do the idea of suggestive painting towards dots and dots and dots. It actually creates something bigger. And you're going, oh my God, how can I create the next impressionistic movement? You're yeah. not. You're absolutely not. So just, Mm -hmm. it's okay to stand on the shoulders of giants and learn, you know?
0: Yeah. And and that's interesting. The fact that, you know, I've, I've spoken at a few few things and I try to mentor when I can and just, and I'm the guy that I've made a living doing it. I've done my own thing. And so so a lot of times I don't look at that as being something special, but then when I'm talking to people, it's like, here's how you practically can do this. Make a living, be an artist and still balance it, you know, life out and, Mm -hmm. you know, not where you're. I used to be like a, a, I guess, a live-to-work type person, and now I'm shifting more so it's the journey and it's mm. the work to live and, 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 you know, trying to balance it out. Mm. Um, so, so I guess, yeah, there is a good point in those person that, that are getting it done and making that living that may not be that 1% or that percentage of a 1% that is, like, the top people in their field, those masters, like a Martin Scorsese in, in film, filmmaking world.
1: Yeah, what what do you want write it down yeah just write it down and you know one. this is a quote i use all the time but if you don't know where to start it's forward <laughs> just go start continue that's pretty much it uh for another cheesy line everything you want is on the other side of fear if, if you if you let that restrain what you're what you're going to do like oh just can't get around to it and Mm-hmm. You're never gonna get there, you know. So, it, but I think it takes a couple of it takes a couple of attempts to kind of push through the fear to learn that you can. And it's it, it, you know, I don't know if uh, you know depression and anxiety is more prevalent in artists, or we're just the loudest people to talk about it because mm-hmm. it's part of our nature to express ourselves. But you know, our self esteem in general dictates what kind of checks we can write you know and so if if you go to something as simple as dating you're not going to date the person that you're worthy of if your self-esteem only writes checks for people lesser than that mm-hmm. so if you if you want to write checks for unhealthy people and you want to keep dating people that run you through you know the ringer and drive you crazy you know so the question is like, well, how do you raise your self-esteem? you got to believe in yourself. you got to stop listening to the one and listen to the 299. There's 299 people you're going to run across in a given week or month. And they're all going to say something nice about you. But that one person's going to say something crappy. And you're going to believe them. Mm. And you're going to let that beat you up forever. And it's just not true. So, you know, th- th- there's a thing. If you want to have self-esteem, do something to be esteemed about. Start. And this is what this whole thing is about that we're talking about. Just start. Get something finished from beginning to end. Don't get an award. Don't get a pat on the back. Just start and finish it. And the accomplishment should be your reward. You started it. You finished it. Now do it again. Now do it again. Now do it again. And eventually you get to the point where you're doing five things at once. You know, and you're okay with like, mm-hmm. you know, with whatever, but whatever.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's a good thing. And there's a podcast I listen to this guy, Tim Ferriss. And one of the things he talks about is like the first five things you should do in the morning. And one of one of the things he references is make your bed mm-hmm. because you're, oh. you're accomplishing something. And, and I started this new year uh, you, pretty consistent. And then the last few weeks were off. And then this morning it's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to do that. We'll get this podcast and everything else. And uh, it's amazing how that simple thing, how it can change how you feel about the day and the momentum of getting Mm. something done. I mean, even though today I've accomplished, I felt a lot, but there was a lot of things I wasn't planning on doing. So it was certain calls and things like that. Uh, In the past, I think I would have beat myself up a little bit at, yeah, I I haven't yet hit all the things on my list. But Mm -hmm. you know what? I, I feel pretty good about it. And sometimes you just have to let go. And yeah. then, you know, all right, no big deadlines. So, all right, I'll just refocus and then and then hammer those out. So it's a, kind of more so just like flowing with it all.
1: And just giving your, you know, we we tend to load too much and we're not realistic with time. Yeah, I'm totally not realistic with time. I'm trying yeah. to do too much. The funny thing about making the bed is I've, I've actually told this to other people in reference to learning about money. Um, and I won't go on a huge tangent about that, but the idea is, is that, okay, you're always broke. The average American, I think 47% has less than $400 in their bank account. Uh, Most people are in debt of some form or Mm -hmm. another. The bottom line is is people don't know how to handle money. And so they think that like, like, well, how do I I start having some type of financial security? Not be rich, but some type of financial security. So when bad things happen, you have the money to pay Mm -hmm. for. Um, And I, I would say this, like, well, if you can't do a ritual, like making your bed, then you're not going to be able to do a, a ritual, like understanding how to save, pay yourself first, you know, stop buying all the silly things in life, see money differently than what you see it now. But it is those little things. I, I We talked about this the other day when we had lunch. There's rituals and there's routines. Routines are things like uh, I drive a car, I get in, I turn the key, I check my mirrors, I look behind me. And you don't even think about it when you mm-hmm. do it nowadays. You can have a conversation, drink a coffee. Make a phone call and you're doing it all. (laughs) Because the routine has got to the point where you're not spending valuable brain power to do it. Yeah. But um, ritual, something like waking up in the morning and making your bed, you're telling your brain, okay, man, this is serious. We're going to start a new day. You know, just even like doing the podcast, I showed up here and you had everything kind of set up perfectly how you wanted it to be and there was probably like a checklist in your head of going through it and there's an energy that changes the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, two hours ago there was not a table in here, there was not a microphone set up, and this was just a room. But as soon as you start this ritual of putting everything in place, then it feels like something important's gonna happen. You know, and I, that's what I like about doing, doing things like that is create rituals for yourself, it's awesome.
0: And at what point does, do those rituals become the routine?
1: They should never become the routine. Gotcha. You should always be in the moment when you do uh-huh. a ritual. A routine is, like I said, a, t- a routine is a time saver. It's a way to do things without without much without thinking about it much, you know. Um, but a ritual should always be a conscious effort to turn your brain from left to right or or mm-hmm. on to offer. Think about how many times that you've you've been in a creative moment and three hours goes by. It's the same feeling when you drive to Chicago. Your your brain goes somewhere else. The question is, can you make your brain go somewhere else on demand? You know, if you always have to wait to be "Quote unquote creative, to get in that creative mindset, that one that lets time just fly by and you just stay in the moment, that just doesn't happen without a little bit of practice. You've got to create small rituals that turn your brain from, I want to get on Facebook, play Xbox, all those little, Mm -hmm. those interruptions that one side of your brain's yelling at you for, you've got to be able to go, okay, well, I'm starting my ritual now. So that voice needs to start being quiet because we're moving forward. I've got everything set up, and now I'm in the moment, you know. And you, you figure it out. So if you want to light a candle, light a candle. But mm-hmm. the idea is just be in the, be conscious, conscious, conscious. Why does that <laughs> sound like? That's a <laughs> con- <like, "Row-ed." laughs> Be conscious, yeah. conscious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I yeah. think you should. I think I think you should have like one or two of those when you have when you have a moment you want to be in. You need to.
0: That's cool. I never I never really thought about that, and it's almost like that Zen approach or. Uh, Yeah, I I can't think of an anecdote for it, but it's, yeah, setting that up or, like, people that burn incense or something with, like, meditation. I guess that's a ritual, getting into that ritual to calm the mind. Right. And do what you have to do in that regard.
1: I mean, how many times have you done something in your life and they had a ritual for you and it didn't mean much, but when you revisited that ritual, for instance, the institution of marriage— the marriage isn't there for the couple. I mean, they don't even know what they're doing. They're, they shouldn't have gotten married in the first place probably. You know what I mean? <laughs> Some people. But when I go to a wedding with my wife, it's a chance for us to renew our vows together and remember yeah. why we're doing it. That's just one one life ritual that we have, you know, and we and you, should, oh, you know, that's why, you know, isn't this great? Let's go let's go dance. We didn't get a chance to enjoy our own wedding. Let's go enjoy this one. Nice, you know. And so you have graduation, you have mm-hmm. funeral. You know, funerals another ritual. You got to get get your old friends back together. Mm-hmm. Why don't we
0: do this more often? You know. Yeah, or it's one of those things I always say to people at funerals, like, let's get together so we don't have to get together at a funeral and say that.
1: Yeah, and it. it I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> really
0: doesn't really work. Yeah, it's not really so busy. Everyone gets days. busy. Yeah.
1: But I think mean, I ask you something really quick, I, I think I asked you the other day. Are you 40 yet? Are you, you're almost yeah, 40? Yeah, I'm
0: 42.
1: Okay, great. Perfect. So did you notice that how much was slowly shedded from your creative side of what you thought you should be doing versus just doing? from the ages of like 38 to 42. I think there's this natural thing artists go through where they stop trying to produce for other people mm-hmm. and they they find their own inner voice, their own inner applause. Now, that was my case. I was just throwing it out there, seeing if you went through something like that.
0: Yeah, I'm still looking at it. Yeah, I guess, I don't know, I go back and forth. I, I haven't quite got to that point Yeah, I've always been one, I guess, to say, here's these things I want to do. But then at one point, just to, I guess, have a connection with others. Then it would be some things that kind of assist, whether it be their business, or I've worked with a lot of musicians. Mm-hmm. So at that point, yeah, I think so, I was kind of like, hey, what can we do together? And then it just never fully worked out. Uh, I guess my passion maybe was a lot more intense than others, and I had this expectation, so there was always a letdown. It's just like, oh, I'll do this, and I was putting, I was, putting, you know, okay, like, this will create a portfolio. This will help you guys. Let's do something yes. just like top notch. And then of course it was me like, all right, okay, well that you don't have money. I'll put it on my credit card. Yeah. And so I paid for it. I'm doing this. And then when it came time to another one, all right, let's raise some money and we'll do this. And I had all this passion and they're just like, whoa, dude, uh, yeah, we, we don't really want to do this. And you're kind of like, wait a second. It's we started this power. So now it's just kind of like more. So like the podcast, this is my thing, but it allows me to connect with people like you and other really cool people. And I'm jazzed about just chatting about these cool things and life experiences and whatnot. So it's like I don't know—is this ever going to be something huge? Who cares? You know, it's capturing this moment that that we'll always have, or if we want our kids to listen to it, or whoever else. It's like if if people listen to it, great. If not, we we had this thing, and we will listen to it maybe twenty years from now. And go, wow, that was pretty freaking cool.
1: Or. Yeah, this is this is like almost replacing journal, like journaling. Oh yeah, you know? yeah And so when you go back and listen to an old podcast you did, you're like, I don't even remember. I that was pretty smart of me. I am a pretty smart fella, you know. And I, I think I do that with my journals. Like if I read yeah. a journal from 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, I used to keep more. I don't anymore. And I'm like, man, I used to think like that. What 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 distracted me? Or, yeah, but anyway, yeah. Podcasts are kind of weird too because you're right. They are. I mean, to say that. They're almost a dime a dozen now. I mean, there's more and more people oh, you're gonna yeah, the meet you have them. You know, yeah. where five years ago you could barely get you find the inner group that mm. it's like geocaching. No one, you know, <laughs> like you know
0: anything about that I'm world? Familiar, but it's not a world that yeah, I, it's not. That it's that like I a new picture. thing. But
1: nowadays, like the more and more people are doing yeah. it. It's more accessible. But anyway, my, my point's not any of that. My point is is that I don't like I have my own podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, a plug, a shameless plug. It's um, do it, bastards of art. Uh, podcast. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Blah blah blah. My point is, is that
0: available for all year. <laughs> well, you get your podcast every day and listen.
1: <laughs> but I don't do it for anybody but myself. Cool. So that's that, that's the weird thing about like when you help others. I really do it for me. You know, I do it to hear, like, to re re reassess my perspective, re, reassess my position. I mean, if I've got to talk about. Um, Marketing, or if I've got to talk about, you know, just just composition and layout and design or whatever, putting it into words forces you to have that critical thinking and to go, what am I doing? And have I stepped away from what I've learned? And am, mm-hmm. I, am I putting any thought into this anymore? You know, and so that's why that's why I like podcasting. It's just, a, mm-hmm. it forces me to, to, to think.
0: Definitely. And I find that with, as far as, like I do some college teaching, you know, sometimes I look at them like, oh, why, why the students do this? And I like, oh, that's just so painful. I wish. And they're learning. But then what I find is I'm learning a lot about myself when I'm doing it. Oh, yeah. Or it's like, oh, you know what? I don't remember any of these terms. Or maybe I didn't learn them. Mm. And uh, so I have to go back and relearn some things. So it's reeducating me and putting me back into that mode because I have to teach them. Or sharing experiences. Because sometimes you get thrown into a subject that you know about but it's like, well, am I? Do I know enough to teach this? All right, well, I'm going to have to relearn, so yes. I don't, you know, so I'm up to par to give them the right uh, material they need for for you know their budding careers.
1: That's the ultimate in humility, to to be so transparent and vulnerable. To to it's one thing to speak lingo and not address the critical thinking behind the lingo, and we do that in our industries all the time. Mm-hmm. But to actually take someone young who doesn't have a complete imprint of what this is they're getting ready to start out on, start out on. And you mm-hmm. have to, you're the one that explains it to them. You know, that, that, that is totally intimidating. I have uh, so I have an apprentice and she has a syllabus and we work through that. It's oh, not right just on. a, it's not just a shadowing thing. Okay. Um, I also have a, a meetup group that I started for tattoo artists in St. Louis. Oh, and that's
0: amazing. Cool. It's
1: uh, uh, once a month. And so I, br- I try to bring something to the table that people can eat and chew on. And then of course the podcast and then I have a blog and then so all these things force me you know to that simple saying uh, um, teach once learn twice this is exactly ah, what you're talking yeah, about you good. know and, and and that keeps you know the hum- humbling the hum yeah. humble hum- humility whatever the word is I'm looking for
0: yeah it keeps humility yeah because you're not done yeah. learning yeah ever well hopefully yeah you're learning to the day you're dead because then that keeps life fresh and mm. you know I, I think gives you a long life and is something that's just really meaningful. Now, now, yeah. With everything you're doing, you also have, you also have a brood of children. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you balance it out in life? How do you give them the proper time they need? You, you know, get, just, just make it all happen. What, what's your any secrets? Well, there. I mean, it's,
1: it's, it boils down to routine and giving a hundred percent of yourself. You know, um. So I'm, I'm remarried. Uh, I brought two children into the marriage. And my wife brought three. Okay. So we do have the benefit of they go to their parents' house. Okay. Uh, So it's kind of half on, half off. But as as everything's more lax, um, you know, it's we get them on the days we normally wouldn't, and blah blah Mm -hmm. blah. And you got to kind of roll with it. But as far as balance goes, um, yeah, I wear a lot of hats. Um, But there is a cord that runs through all of it. You know, uh, how I think about work and how I think about family. About energy and about you know disciplines or or ideas they all kind of they all kind of run together for me it's like i'm an art, I'm an artist, so I do art and
0: mm-hmm. I think of
1: the kids in that manner all everything we 're discussing now, like i said they're like introducing ideas and trying to get them to live with their full potential and knowing at what stage they're at and not being disappointed because they're not mm-hmm. who they are but as far as raising the kids that's one thing, but as far as time goes, I mean the bottom line is is that you don't want to be that husband who Slept till nine thirty, wanted to go out and hang out in his garage, and his wife's like, "Hey, let's go to Target real quick." And you're like, "All right." Oh, on the way home, I gotta stop by Annie's really quick. All right, and then <laughs> hey, while we're here, you know, and then you you don't get to do what you want. You're you are you battle the entire day for twenty minutes, half an hour, an hour in your garage. You know what? Wake up earlier. <laughs> so basically, how I manage is I get my own time between five a.m. and seven a.m., and then I hundred percent give myself. To everyone. And I mean, it sounds cheesy, but you just try not to say no. You just, if someone needs your time, say yes. You know, break away from whatever you're doing and say, I'm going to give you some time. You know, whether it's with the kids, whether it's something at work, whether it's the apprentice, whether, whatever, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever, you know. Um, But I think that's, that's, I don't know if it's an American thing, um, but we just try to own our time. You know, it's 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 in our brain that our time is our time, and our time is money, and our time is important, and it's hogwash. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the social fabric is that we give if we give enough of ourselves away, it comes back in the form of energy somehow. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's how I met you. Just saying yes. I mean, someone called me, wanted to do a commercial for the library. I'm like. Yeah, sure. I'll go do it and and say yes. Someone asks you to do something, say yes. Just try it. That's interesting. Know?
0: So how how did that come about anyhow? Because I never heard how they. I did you respond to something or somebody? I mean, out it's to a you? little
1: bit longer story. There's a, a lady named Jen who's pretty awesome, and um, she was trying to put together a tattoo kind of board, uh, open discussion panel board type oh, thing. Okay. And that was like a year or two ago. I can't remember when. And I said, yes. Okay. And she was meeting all this resistance from my industry, which is totally expected, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, because I said yes to that, then, and I was easy to work with, mm-hmm. then I think that helped with like, hey, would you mind come in and read for us a little bit for this commercial? Ah, okay. I was like, sure, I'll I'll make it work, you know. And I went and read and I really didn't think much of it. Um, and then like two or three months later, they were like, hey, we're going to actually do it now. And I'm like, oh, okay, yes. You know, and you're like, what take can we do it? And I'm like, what day do you want? And it, it's, just, it's just that openness to,
0: I don't know, man. It's I mean, different possibilities and different experiences.
1: Maybe it comes with age. Maybe it comes with different life experiences. I mean, I've had a rough road. It didn't, I didn't wake up this way. I mean, I, uh-huh. I, 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 I've been pretty selfish the first first chunks of my life, you know, um, pretty ego-driven in a lot of cases in the first parts of my life. And you, you have something that happens, and it changes. Like, what are you doing? Why are you on this planet, you know? I mean, you, you're you born and you die and you get to mm-hmm. fill the middle with whatever you want and if you do it selfishly then what are you going to end up with at the end of it but if you give yourself away it, it there's nothing negative that's going to happen ever there's no negative side effects for saying yes right I yeah, can't think I of I think one. at some
0: point I, um, you know I struggle with that because I've always yeah been that or, yes do a lot of things mm-hmm. if somebody needs some help I'm happy to do it and I, I feel a charge from that But at some point, I think I put too many eggs in one basket where I'm maybe saying yes too often in the same arena. And then there's times when I guess I need that little step up or when Mm. I'm down. Mm. And then not that I'm expecting something when I say yes, but it's like you hope that when you invest in a certain area that some of that comes back. Although maybe not come back directly from that source, and that's maybe one of my hang-ups. No, uh, I I, I think
1: that's, you know, we like monetary gain. We like Public publicity mm-hmm. gain, we like marketing gain. We like these gains. We like to think that my time is worth something, so if I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. it's going to come back on me. The problem is it's not measurable always. Sure, of course. And so, like, I was the same way. Like, I'm going to go work with this person and, and then I will be more well known in this arena. Sure, yeah. And it doesn't, it didn't work like that for me. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I'm not perfect just because I, I talk so, like, mother teresa ish on this <laughs> podcast it doesn't mean i do that every day you're always having to check yourself and on the same token i guess i should add uh healthy boundaries you know yeah no uh, that's
0: key once definitely. you get
1: into the once you once you marry the healthy boundaries yeah. with b- being able to say yes you could say uh, i'd love to but i can't do it right now uh is there a time in the future that we could do it and that that uh-huh. keeps your energy reserve uh from depleting i think
0: yeah no that's smart so i think it's keeping that balance and yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, where did we go with this podcast? This uh... It's great. I love it. <laughs> you know, it was very off the cuff. I had, uh, you know, I, I like to prepare, but this was yeah. one of the situations you and I hit it off right away. Yeah. When I met you for the commercial, and it was just, all right. Yeah, I can. This guy's going to be great to work with. And then yeah, and then we just kept discussing things, and it was like right, I don't need to prep. We'll we'll just open it, you know, open this window and see what flies in, what flies out. I like, try
1: not to let it bother me it does it is nerve-wracking like like there's no preemptive like this is our opening and we're gonna do this and we're gonna mm-hmm. roll into that like so yeah i i i can I can get a little nervous and scared when it when it does that I have anxiety really bad yeah yeah time. I d- deal
0: with anxiety as well yeah. um I, I think I've kept it in check but yeah. uh yeah, it can be yeah that's anxiety can be crazy
1: yeah my barometer is driving if I find myself giving the finger more often than normal or honking more mm-hmm. often than normal I know. I know I'm not going back to my basics. I'm not making my bed in the morning. I'm mm-hmm. not saying thank you and please and yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But yeah I
1: no. Routine and ritual definitely help with my anxiety. I don't. Yeah, no, I think it
0: helps me as well. Or just yeah. you know keeping that you know keeping movement. And I look at it now. I have you know these watches that keep your steps. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just like keeping as long as I'm, I'm getting my steps in and that's, you know, a metaphor, yeah. then, then, you know, then I'm doing all right. And it may be, okay, I'm not getting done what I had planned today, but I'm getting those steps in. So, all right, maybe I made a few phone calls or maybe I did this, that, or the other, or all right, I created something or I, uh, you know, did some research for the podcast. As long as I'm, I have that movement, then to me, I really don't feel the anxiety per se. But uh, if I'm just thinking about something and not moving in any direction, that's when it just becomes overwhelming at times.
1: Yeah, your self worth definitely takes a hit. You know, you know, no, nobody wants to see four days go by and just like then the fifth day comes and someone's like, "Hey, is is that done yet?" And you're like, oh, "I totally screwed up."
0: My yeah, four we have deadlines, but sometimes you need to take yeah. those, you know, a couple of those days and maybe reset and reflect where it's not so much all right, hey, I have to, like you had said to me, um, take a like a cleanse from social media. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I've somewhat been there. Yeah. Um, not, I haven't fully just completely separated, but just by stepping away from it, it's just, you know, a little different. I think I've, um, I don't um, know, I think maybe I've had some growth from that, or I, I think uh, my nephew asked me the other day, like, hey, can I use your phone? I want to, I'm bored. And it's like, hey, man, being bored is good every now and then. Just reflect on, like what happened today or, you know, what's, you, you know, just, just silence, you know, ha- enjoy some silence and just. Yeah. yeah I'm like, probably one ahead. of those
1: nerds that actually enjoys sitting in the DMV. <laughs> Cause when you, it's like a moment where the, my only job is to sit and wait, you know, where you're constantly moving. It's kind of nice just to be like, all right, I got my number. And I'm just going to sit here and read a book or doodle or whatever yeah nice so, nice yeah sitting still is definitely the the counter of that you know and i think the balance is the word that we're that we're that we're i think you started off talking yeah. about balance and that's it it's not one of everything it's mm-hmm. it's just you know learning and, and and going a little to the left a little to the right mm-hmm. and figuring out you know the bottom line is how do you keep your energy pure and uh and strong and and not you know not 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 just be a bag of wind that doesn't get anything done you know
0: yeah yeah now when when did you um when did you start your art career have you always been an artist
1: I guess so it's kind of weird that's a self-title right like so that's always been awkward to me um but yeah I mean I drew forever that was my thing my uh I I don't know if it's circumstance or genes but Um, Where I grew up, we we lived on the other side of a busy highway. So all the kids at school they got to do all this after school stuff together, like ride bikes and play, um, you know, baseball. And Mm -hmm. I get to hear about it every day. The next day about what happened the night before, and uh, you know what, good, bad, or indifferent. My mother had a short leash on me um, about what she wanted me to go do, and I wasn't. I definitely was not allowed to cross the interstate. So I spent a lot of time in my room just doodling and drawing, and it was like. You know that was my escape. You know, um, and I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed you know that visual language of trying to express myself. I mean, it got shut down a couple of times. Um, people misunderstood what I was trying to do or whatever. And so I started kind of keeping my drawings to myself for for a long time. But I knew that was my. Um, I knew that was what I was gonna do. I just didn't know how to make it work. It's funny. My dad, uh, he was an architect just retired recently, but he did a lot of work for may company, which owned famous bar oh, yeah, venture yeah. and everything. And there's uh, the famous bar building downtown St. Louis on the, like the 11th floor. They had the art department. And you remember those old Macs that first came out. They're basically boxes.
0: oh am uh-huh. sorry. No. Um,
1: and, uh, he's like, you got to go to college son. And I was like, I draw pictures. How are they going <laughs> to teach me how to draw pictures? We went up there and there was five artists. Yeah. Right? My dad gave me a personal tour because he knew the guy that owned the building and blah, blah, blah. Okay. And, uh, and the five artists, it all dropped out of college. And all the people who had degrees were in another room. There's about 100 of them. And they were moving around pictures in Photoshop uh-huh. and Illustrator or whatever they were using at the time to put these guys' drawings into magazines and news
0: publications. So they were compositing, basically. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah.
1: But they just told me a story. They And those guys looked at me and they are like, go to college if you want. But as soon as you get a portfolio, go to work. You know, and it totally like threw what my dad was trying to enforce <laughs> with me out the window. But it definitely gave me my my you know, my motivation that I didn't need these credentials to be called an artist, you mm-hmm. know. And then from there it was just like I would I would just hang out with people that I wanted to be. And I would reverse engineer their careers and find myself on the on a path like that, you know. And that's what I did. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know, like being an artist, I'm also I'm a low artist. You know, I'm not a refined artist. I understand how composition light tone i understand how these things work and what they do to the cognitive mind to tell to tell a visual story but i'm never going to be on a museum wall i'm just not you know i'm not as refined i don't have you know that i don't i, I also don't have like i guess if i was broke like if i had no money no 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 skill set like i do now and i had to get back to like i have got to eat you know maybe that would force me to spend all night long in a Studio and produce work that people would want to buy. I don't know. I don't know how that side of the things mm-hmm. works. So it's kind of weird, like being a quote unquote artist. You know, I, I still, th- I think I still have this idea from college that artists were smarter than me, and I just don't think I'm that smart and that that like thoughtful. You know, they're they're like they do paintings that mean things, and I do paintings because I want to. I basically want to make fun of you <laughs> <laughs> without making fun of you. You know, and that's that's kind of.
0: And how does one make fun of someone without making fun of someone? Well, that's the
1: jest, right? You do yeah. you do something, you know, and that's kind of like what our crumb does and stuff, you know. Um, oh. You just you just kind of you do it in a way that kind of pokes fun, you know. I do I do illustrations that just kind of joke. I had one. I've only had one of my illustrations go viral, and that was uh it was a, it was a bunch of people in line, and the composition had the first four figures most prominent, and then you could see the line snake and. Uh, obviously is a really long line. And there was this big muscle headed guy and he had a, a tribal armband. And he looked like a big muscle headed guy who would wear a tribal armband. But then there's these hipsters behind them with coffee and beards, and they had thirteens all over them. And in our industry, like all the hip people get the number thirteen tattooed on them because there's a like a half price like tattoo day, like Friday the Thirteenth is a thing. Oh yeah, you know, so they pay thirteen dollars, to get a thirteen tattoo. Okay, and they're covered in them, and they they don't realize like how they're just like this dude who got the tribal. That tattoo means no more to them than that, okay. and they're and they're making fun of this guy, and it says. Can you believe this guy in his tribal? Jeez! <laughs> and uh, I get, so every Friday the thirteenth, that pops back up somewhere on social okay. media, and All someone right. tags me in it. But that's just my way of like making fun of like my, even my industry of like, what are you guys doing? Like, you're selling yourself out for thirteen dollars. Give me a break! Like, would you ever take a job for literally probably one hundred and twenty percent less? <laughs> I don't know if that's possible, but ninety percent less than what you would normally pay just to like, you know, just for fun. You know, I'm not going to take a job for 90% less just for fun. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, if I want to do something just for fun, I'd organize like a kickball party or something. Oh, yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. And I think I've done that before. I've taken things for less or I've done things that maybe it wasn't in my heart. Or, you know, there's this quote if it's not an immediate yes, then it's a no. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading this book on essentialism. Um, it, was, it, was, it was quite interesting. And so I'm looking at that a little more consciously. If there's something that uh, it's, I'm not really stoked about, Mm. But but then again, also, I think it's a way that somebody sells something because I'm open to anything in that. Yes. But I guess my new boundaries that I've set is because we could sit here and we could talk about projects or anybody mm. can go, hey, I want to do this. Mm. And really, it's me putting it together. But how much time do I want to invest in that? And what's, you know, am I going to enjoy that journey? Mm. And so looking at that, if, if somebody comes to me and they have everything all organized and they throw it out there, just the library project. Mm. When they first came to me, it was like, we have you know, here's our concept. We have this much money. What can you do? And it was a low amount, but the fact that they were just so passionate about the library, I love the library. Uh, so for me, it was like, Hey, I've always loved the library. Okay. So this is, this is cool. And they said, all right, we want to tell these stories of these other people that are, that love the library and that are passionate about what they're doing and how the libraries assisted them. I thought, okay, well, this is one that, all right, if it's less money, it'll be fun to do. And then eventually it evolved and, oh, hey, now we have this, now we have this, which how often do you see that somebody wants to give you more when you're already somewhat committed to, all right, let me see what I can do. So they were great in that regard. So that was one that was, I knew right away that was an immediate yes. It was like, oh yeah, well we'll figure it out. Let me just engineer this and see what we can do exactly. And it worked out well. It was very ambitious, but my crew was taken care of and they... Uh, just the great people that I worked with, they were just jazzed about, hey, we're telling really cool stories, and this is something that means something. So so that project was that tattoo that has some meaning. It's just not some generic tattoo. It meant something to everybody.
1: Right. Yeah. It it, it's, it it From the genesis, it was special. Yeah. And you knew it was going to be special, you know, which brings me to the idea that, like, or the question is, like, you've got to make money. That's bottom line. But the but who do you take your money from? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to do any project that comes across your desk? Because you already just said, like, if it's not a yes, it's a no. So then how do you streamline yourself to be specialized in, I just did air quotes. I hate when I do that. <laughs> but when you, when you decide to specialize, then you've got to start to understand, like, okay, my work is going to be more, I'm going to have to be more tentative to it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to have more responsibility. I'm going to have to have, you know, it's going to take a lot more of my time. It's going to take a lot more effort, but the rewards are so much bigger mm-hmm. than just taking anything that walks in the door. And I guess you know, looking at people who do, you know, like oh, I learned how to tattoo. I stand on the shoulders of giants, and I think I'm going to piss it all away by doing $13 tattoos all day long when they should be each one should be 150 bucks. You know, and that to me, it's like, you know, if you're if you're going to specialize in something, you know, have your healthy boundaries to bring mm-hmm. that word back into it again. And and I mean, I guess do. Where are you at with that in your career? Like, do you do you have the things you're like? Look, I'm not trying to be like I'm too good for it, but I've already I'm already trying. I'm on a mission. I'm I, I, mm-hmm. I want to get these things done. I mean, do you make a conscious effort to like? I want to do this. I want to this. You said tell stories. You know.
0: Yeah, I'm am getting to that point. The types of stories or who who the clients are. So the, the library project was a good one. Or something else where I think, you know, when you talk to somebody and you can pick up that energy mm-hmm. to, to me, it's about that energy. Once mm-hmm. again, recycling that, um, or it's just something I feel good about. Um, and it's something where it evolves and it may start out where it's something that seems like, Oh yeah, this is just for money. But I think I always put a little bit of myself in there or it's developing that connection with those people. And then, and then it's that energy from that connection. And then you're creating something cool and it may not be, Oh, Hey, this isn't uh, this movie that millions of people are going to want to see, but it's that piece that those people are really stoked about showing and really excited about sharing that. And then people in that niche are also, you know, just jazzed about seeing it. Um, so, yeah, I'm still kind of figuring out what those projects are well, and what that, to turn down. And
1: at that point, money is a byproduct. Yeah. Because you're talking about the passion of doing it. Yeah. And you're trying to find people who, if they had the means, they do their own damn commercial, you know. But they don't, so they've got to come to you, and you mm-hmm. recognize, like, well, I, I recognize your passion, so I'm going to help you out, you know. And we'll we'll worry about the money, but we'll make it work, you know. And that's when that's when I think you finally cross over into the energy of not just being like a you know cheap car salesman and selling any car off the lot, like oh, you know, a little little shine up, and it'll be perfect car for you. You're not yeah. doing any of that. You're not yeah. you're not selling bunk to these people. They've already sold you on it to a certain extent yeah. I guess. It's
0: all tailor tailor made. The, the yeah. projects I do it's not just if somebody says, "Hey, what does a 3-minute video cost?" and if I had a list that said, oh, "Okay, that is $5,000 or whatever it is." Right. Then uh, you know, then that's that cookie cutter thing. With with me it's like, "No, let's sit down. What's the essence of this? What what do you want to communicate?" What? And then you get to know those people and you realize, "Oh, okay, this is their connection, this is how they want to connect with their product. yeah and uh, and then it gets exciting. I just met with um, Tucker and Dan who were uh, part of the library project and and just sat with them for an hour and a half just talking about different marketing ideas and yeah. some video ideas they wanted and it was just it was just uh, it felt really good. It was this great energy and they make these door kick plates. So oh, something yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, you yeah. wouldn't think like, all right, I'm gonna be excited about putting a project together for a door kick plate. But some of the concepts that we came up with that if somebody said, Ken, come up with a door kick plate ideas, I wouldn't have anything. But sitting down with these guys and their passion and they threw something out and I, I I worked off of that or I threw something out and then that inspired something in them, it was a magical experience. So, you know, hopefully we'll have the opportunity to make something really kick ass about door kick plates that get people excited, that uh, help them expand their market. And uh, and then some of we're just like, hey, it's a door kick play, But look at what we did. Look at how we made this super creative. And then hopefully that'll bring audience to them, and then that'll help their business. So it's it's layered. Everything I do really has to be layered. Yeah. Uh, it can't just be on the surface money. Now that's a part of it. I don't know what layer it is, but uh, it's okay. I'm helping these great guys. All right, we're having fun creating. Okay, there'll be a little money that'll pay some bills, and you know whatever else uh, that particular.
1: I think once you get your self-worth Where it's supposed to be Then you have no problem Saying what what Your project's going to be worth But you take the right approach where someone comes in And they're like how much for a bag of groceries? Mm-hmm. I
0: don't know. Yeah, what are you yeah. putting in there? Exactly. I have no idea what I I'd love doing. that analogy. I may have to, I yeah, steal have to it. use I st- that one. I stole, it awesome. from, uh, I
1: stole it from someone else probably. But Mine
0: was always like, how much for a house? Yeah. I mean, what? I don't know what it's going to take to build a house. I need a blueprint. So yeah. I look at that like, I need a blueprint for this video. Yeah, what do we do? Are we doing a frat party?
1: Yeah. Or, or are we cooking
0: dinner for mom?
1: You know yeah, what? Depends on what we got to throw in there. You know, I, c- I can make it super expensive if you want. But the idea is like, you came to me. There was something about... About our you know about something I've done that you came yeah. to me now that you're here, you're asking the wrong questions and let me help you ask the right questions here's what we need to know and that's that's the approach you take when you and I guess what we're talking about is actually becoming a professional and having a career in art you know there's there's that business side where you just can't like be the high school kid that leaves a skull drawing on the table and hope someone sees it and gives you some type of praise you know that's that's how i mean I, that's how that's how artists are they're like Oh, that—that's just nothing. It's just, just a little something I did. Yeah. It's like you know, you like were hoping someone <laughs> was gonna high five you for that, you know. But as you get older, yeah, I mean, like I said, money becomes a byproduct of your passion. And if you do things right, and you and you put good things mm-hmm. out there, you're fine. You don't have to worry about it, you know. You're, there's never—I mean, let's let's face it. There's never enough money. I mean, if you really want to chase that angle, you know. So the thing of it is, you gotta you gotta be okay with with uh with whatever you said okay mm-hmm. it's gonna be a hundred bucks it's gonna be a thousand bucks gonna be ten thousand dollars now put that away don't think about it ever again now just go work yeah like, totally you know under promise over deliver and that like the rule number one when you're self-employed
0: uh, yeah yeah i think so i mean you always give you always give that extra yeah totally yeah and um, of
1: course you're going to give that because that's you and that's me and people like us you know we were going to come together anyway you know and me and you are going to have like if we sit here and chat long enough Without the help of Facebook, we're going to find five other people that we've also met because our energy is constantly looking through the crowd uh, to work with more people who have the same intensity. That's how the kickplate guys found you. You don't start a kickplate company because you're bored. There is something about that yeah, that, they, yeah. that they love.
0: You I know? didn't even know that was a thing, really. Yeah. I've never, uh, never, never, never looked. But then, and that was the cool thing with this this library project. You know, Everybody that I met with that, it was like this connection. And that, I believe, shows in the work. And everybody's story was unique, so it's mm. not like we have six commercials that are this formulaic. This happens, this happens, this happens. It all revolved around their particular story, mm-hmm. and so the story was serving the story. And I just, uh, I just channeled it. And you know, the um, Jan and Kathy at the library did an amazing job of finding these great people. And they had the video with like a 20 minute, this little chat, there's something here. And I just looked in that 20 minutes and said, all right, what are the elements that are their story? And then like with yours, it was, I had something based on that, scripted it out. And then I don't, I used like one or two elements of that because you had said some other things. It was like, no, this is it. Um, and so, just by going through that footage and spending time with it, I realized, oh, okay, this is Matt's story, and the other other thing is not as good, and this is just real and just captures the essence and how you know, your passion for the library helping you learn these entrepreneurial type skills, and it's like, oh, okay, cool, life's a this trip. This is huh? great, man. It's it's great. So they're all just unique and fun, and I can't wait for people to see them. Um, yeah,
1: I I, uh, I was pleasantly happy. You know, it's always weird. Awesome. Uh, This is, uh, I don't know, did I tell you? This is my fifth commercial I've been in. Oh, I did not know that. I've played many, many roles. And I I always love, like, it's always weird seeing you, yourself, on, on screen. I mean, you're behind it all the time, so I'm sure for you, like...
0: Well, it's weird hearing myself like on a yeah. podcast. I'm oh, yeah, not that quite, too. Yeah. I'm not quite there with that. I'm haven't yeah. quite embraced my voice yeah, yeah. and the way I talk, but I'm getting there. Thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. Getting yeah. There. So, so five commercials you were in. What are some of the? other?
1: Uh, when I was uh, younger, I was in a bowling commercial. Nice. Uh, I was in a Sprite commercial. I was in a oh no Seven Up commercial. Okay. Big a library time. commercial. Uh, Tim Azell. I did a thing with Tim Azell. Fun. All and right. uh, there's another one that's not coming to me right now. Yeah, I did another one. I don't okay, know what it cool. was, but yeah, they're they're always fun and and what I like about it is I'm my own band, you know, like I'm my yeah. own symphony. I'm I'm all the moving parts. Uh-huh. You know, I have no one to blame if something yeah. breaks down but me. But watching you guys work when you have like to the minute, move on here, move on here. You know, there's so much preparation goes into what you guys do that it's humbling for me to watch because it's like, I I I think I, it seemed like hurting cats to me. It, it seemed too it can overwhelming. Be, yeah. yeah. So I apologize. I I know initially you asked me to come on the podcast because i i tattoo and that's fun to talk about and we didn't really touch on on it that much uh but i, I mean I, like i was saying before i think tattooing is just a small part of my story i think that i could have been a sign painter i could have been a welder i could have been anything it just happens to be that that was what it attracted me um and i thought i could use these tools to uh, connect with people and tell my story but when it comes down to tattooing i mean there's over the last few years, there's been a split between the culture aspect and the industry aspect of it, and uh, you know I definitely hang on toward the culture aspect of it, and I could rant about how the industry side of it is kind of like, you know, taking it away from the idea that you're a shaman and you're there to help people in their mm-hmm. journey. And I try to tell people stories as well. I'm, I'm the middleman. If they could tattoo themselves, they would, but they can't. <laughs> so I help them do it in a manner that visually tells the story. And I use this in my in my uh, when I when I meet a new client, I say, you know drawing pictures is just like any other language you have to know where to put the commas and i can do that and my my generic go-to is the time to eat grandma time to eat comma grandma you know and when you draw a picture i just make sure that it's legible and that people can they don't have to ask you what is it you know and that's that's what i as, as a specialist in tattooing that's what i deliver i help you tell a story you know and um and i and i like i said i you could get into tattooing, and all those conversations have, have kind of been done to a certain extent. If you've watched Ink Master and you've watched all that stuff, but the idea is, you know, is that above tattooing, we're artists and we're people, and we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. And if you don't recognize that, then you're you're always going to be a little disappointed in whatever endeavor you take off on. You know, like like to bring it back to the beginning, you can't leave college expecting to be Picasso. You know, you have to go through that entire journey. And that's the greatest thing about being alive, you know, is just going through and it's it, trying to prepare for the unexpected, you know, and what attitude are you going to take that goes along with that? And if you listen to go back and listen to the stuff we talked about today, those are your tools. Let's just have a positive outlook, you know, be willing, um, be open-minded, you know, that's, I don't know, that's, there's really not big secrets to life. I, don't, I really don't think that there is. The older I get,
0: yeah, that's cool. And taking that experience and put it in, in there, but I mean, looking back, and we'll we'll just finish up on on a couple of questions. Yeah, I'm, I mean, where what do you define as t- success to be? What's your personal definition of that?
1: Man, I, that's a big pause. I don't know. Um, I don't know what success is. All I know is that. There's a good feeling uh, when you crawl into a warm bed and everything feels okay and uh, everything's at your fingertips and you have a glass of milk and you have a remote control and the heat's at the right temperature and everything just feels okay, you know? And so being an entrepreneur and being self-employed and owning a business, you know, um, my idea of success is how often can I feel okay? You know, and feel, you know, because I mean, money that comes and goes, I've lost at least one or two fortunes in my life. You know, I've already gone through a marriage, you know, and I'm on my second, you know, so I'm not very good at being married. I'm not, you know, I was not awesome with money, you know, and so I can't count on these barometers of like, you know, who's who's got the bigger this and who's got the, you know, more expensive that. I mean, that's, for me, it's how, I guess, I guess if I sit and think about it, how helpful have I been to the generation behind me? And that's, can I put myself in a position where I can help them? You know, and that's that's success to me. Because if, I, if I've learned enough in my journey that, it, that I can turn around and help the next person go six feet further than me, then that's the cooler part. I'm not tattooing. I'm not art. I'm a link in the chain. So success to me is that when I'm done, whatever, whatever that definition of done is, whether it's through death or through retirement or whatever, when I'm done, did I help the next person go a little bit farther? And I think that that right there is, as I'm getting towards the, I mean, I'm 22 years into my career. I might have 10 more left in me. Um, you know, so in the next 10 years, that's what I'm concentrating on is turning around and going, okay, who's next? Let me help. Let me help you. I think that's it for me. I mean, money, whatever. We can blow that so easy. That's that's everyone should know by now. That that's 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 stupid, you know. Um, but yeah, big cars, whatever. You know, just get yourself a plethora of good people. Yeah. Ambition breeds ambition, and uh, learn how to turn around to the guy behind you and not use your ego, but you know, use a helping hand. And I think that's how you can go home at night and just be like, oh man, I did it. You were talking earlier about. Your things you did today, and you could now you can rest tonight. You know, yeah, yeah. And that's how I I want to be able to rest at night. I don't want to go to bed going, did I short this person? Did I, you know, did I do bad? I want to go to bed with a clear conscience. You know,
0: yeah. There's a quote I heard recently will end on this, but is uh, I guess there. Oh, now now I'm totally botching it. But it was, it was something along the lines of uh, I, I guess the difference of great man and great deeds. And essentially, mm. I think the great deeds make you a great man mm. when that's w- what you're doing versus like being known or what would you rather be known for being a great man or doing great things, mm. Yeah, uh, something along those lines. But yeah, I think that's in essence what you're talking about, doing those things and then those culminations look back where at some point people aren't going to say, all right, Matt Hodel uh, was this, you know, the supreme tattoo artist, yada, yada. But it was like, hey, Matt Hodel helped you know, helped refine my art or helped me um, live to the most of my potential. And I think that's probably one of the greatest things. I mean, in our American ways, I get caught up in wanting to have, you know, certain status. But really, I guess when it's all said and done, I would rather have people say, all right, Ken may not have had all this money or this and that or yada yada, but, you know, he was there to help me in this situation or gave me this piece of advice, which changed my life. So having this conversation with you helps me better understand that and kind of like balance myself and get myself, you know, focused on what really matters in life. Yeah. No one cares.
1: No one cares if you have a fancy coffin. That's a good, nobody cares. We'll end on that. No
0: one cares if you have a fancy coffin unless maybe it's a kiss coffin. Yeah. Rock. Thank you so much. Thanks Ken.